The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Serving spiritual seekers around the world. Unity Online Radio. Are you seeking more energy and ready to have more healings and revealings in your life? Then you've tuned into the right program. For the next hour, listen in as Reverend Temple Hayes, spiritual leader of First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida, shares with you tools you can use to transform your life. She will guide you on a journey to create a life that is intentional and dynamic. Now, here's your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. And welcome everyone and thanks so much first and foremost for being an intentional spirit, for being open and awake and aware to open up to tools which can support you in a much greater, rich, and a life of depth. And I'm thrilled today that the co-author of The Passion Test, uh, the world-renowned Chris Atwood, just an amazing man of heart truly an intentional spirit, is the featured guest on our show today. Chris, welcome. I'm so glad that you're here. Thank you, Temple. It's a great pleasure to be here. I know there's many people in the world that want to thank you and Janet for bringing them into the passion and for the passion test. And uh, we've actually had Janet here at our spiritual community at Unity. And just, wow, you know, I think it's important often to just say thank you uh, for allowing yourself to be out in the world and to step out loud and, you know, do all that. It's, it's pretty amazing. And But we have some excitement to talk about today because... Uh, you're doing it to us again. <laughs> you're, you're coming at us again, and this time with the uh, depth of, of rituals. But before we uh, get into the depth of your new and exciting book, um, tell us, Chris, about your path and a little bit about your life and, and how uh, did you get to be an intentional spirit? Hmm. Well, thank you for that, Temple. Well, I was raised by a Lutheran minister, and uh, so I grew up in that tradition and, and, of course, the rituals that surround it. And probably not unlike many young, young people, uh, I was a bit disillusioned as I got older. Um, the, I grew up in the Vietnam War era, and so when I got to college, there were a lot of protests and and uh, a lot of anger going back and forth. I remember coming to school, and you know, and there were thousands of people in in these demonstrations, and then riots in Isla Vista near UC Santa Barbara, where I was going to school. And I was kind of trying to figure out what was this all about, because I saw the students were angry, and the police were angry, and and uh, a lot of violence was taking place and i had the experience then temple that i just don't want to live in a world like that and so that was kind of my first step into thinking how can i make an impact in the world and in that time it was about how can i help create a model in this little community because there were that was kind of uh, our emphasis after the riots had happened was how can we create something that will be valuable and useful and maybe use our community as a place that uh, that we can experiment and then export that to other places. And it was during that time I was hired as the planning director for the Isla Vista Community Council. And I was 20 years old and I had a, a budget that in today's dollars was about a million and a half dollars. 
and I was had working with the university and the county and the state government, and I was a little flipped out, to be honest with you, Temple. <laughs> I, mm-hmm. I uh, kind of didn't know which end was up, and I was uh, I had a lot of anxiety, and uh, my stomach was uh, had indigestion, and my skin was flaking off my face, and I um, and I really didn't know what to do first. It was it was a kind of a tough time there. But I met a friend who said, "Well, you should." try transcendental meditation because it's a great way to relieve stress. And so I went and listened to the lectures and I did learn TM at that time. And within a week, my indigestion was gone. My skin had stopped flaking. I started feeling clear and like there was something useful that I could do here. And uh, and then a year later, uh, as I went through and I was making a list of all the things we'd accomplished, it kind of blew my mind, to be honest with you, because uh, I realized that I could never have accomplished those things in the the state I entered that job. And uh, we had completely rezoned the entire community. We had gotten the students, created a, a... initiative so that the students could ride the buses with just paying a, a small quarterly fee. Uh, there were a lot of big things. We had parks in, put into the community and and put in uh, a lot of landscaping and vegetation. And so it was, it was pretty amazing for me. And uh, that, it was in that time, really, that that ritual, this daily meditation, twice daily meditation, really became a, a part of my life, a regular part of my life. And then the years went on. I had lots of experiences like everyone. I uh, rose to become president of a government securities dealer and and then um, through one thing and another, ended up uh, spending 10 years in long meditation and and uh, studying the the ancient Vedic literature. And then I met Janet. And as you know, Temple, Janet Bray Atwood is the co-author of The Passion Test. But at that time, I met Janet and married Janet. And uh, if I knew now, and with both of us knew now what we uh, uh, knew then, what we know now, we probably would never have gotten married because we had a deep love for each other, but we really didn't have a good fit as a married couple. And that was a really tough time for me. And one of the reasons why it was such a tough time is because I had this concept that it was my job now to go out, earn the money, pay the bills, and make sure that she and I could live a comfortable life. And so, uh, although up until then, all my life I'd made choices based upon what really drew my heart, now for the first time I started making decisions about how much money would it pay me. Mm. And... uh, and today we teach people that uh, when you make money the primary basis of your decision-making, you'll discover that you, you make decisions that are not sustainable. And that was my experience. I went through four jobs in five years, and uh, you've heard that definition of insanity, uh, doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. Well, that was me. <laughs> I was doing the same thing over and over again. It was like deja vu again and again. And, and uh, oh, it was such a miserable time. And um, I, I came out of that. And finally, Janet had suggested that she introduced me to this simple little test that she had created years and years before, really hadn't shared with anyone. But she took me through it. And uh, and that was the first time that I consciously got clear about the things that mattered most to me and started making decisions on that basis. And from there, uh, really things shifted in a major way. And uh, over the next few years, uh, Janet had the opportunity to partner with Mark Victor Hansen, the co-creator of the Chicken Soup for the Soul series, and Robert Allen, number one New York Times bestselling author as well. And uh, and we create and she asked me to partner with her and and we created something called the Enlightened Millionaire Program, and then when we finished the project with Mark and Bob, then we had met T. Harv Eker during that time, uh, who at the at that time was really only known in Canada, and he said, "Do you want to help me create alliances? Because I'm going to bring my programs to the U.S." And so we did. And the first program that he did in 
in the Los Angeles area in Huntington Beach. He had 1,300 people there. Half of them came from alliances that we created. And so we created a company called Enlightened Alliances because it seemed like we were good at this stuff, you know. And from there, Janet uh, had this, she was just driven to write a book, and she wrote an ebook version of The Passion Test and sent it to a friend of ours who was one of the top literary agents in the industry. And she wrote back and said, well, you have a really great writing style, but this seems more like an article than a book. And Janet got a little discouraged by that, I have to admit. The agent also said, you know, there's so many books on passion, I don't really see that there's room for this. And Janet went and did a search. She found 37,000 titles on passion. So she, the way she describes it, she said she went on a frozen yogurt trunk and got People magazine and just doled <laughs> out for a day, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure no one else who's listening has ever done anything like that, right? But, <laughs> but, uh, but you know, Janet, at the end of that, Janet said, hey, but none of those people are Janet Bray Atwood. And so uh, so we, we partnered with a couple from our Enlightened Millionaire program who were starting up an online magazine called Healthy, Wealthy, and Wise. They had built a list of about 75,000, an email list of about 75,000, and so they wanted our help to get stories for the cover of their magazine, and we needed help getting our message out, and so we made uh, a, an alliance with them. And for the next year, we did uh, Discover Your Passions calls once a month, and over that year, we sold 5,000 copies of the ebook. And then Janet asked me if I'd rewrite the, the ebook with her so we could self-publish it. We did that, self-published it, released it in 2005. It went to number one on Barnes & Noble in an hour and a half, and then number one on Amazon within a day after that, and stayed there for over a week. And that agent who Janet had talked to before was now more interested in talking to us. <laughs> oh, you think? <laughs> <laughs> and so we, it did still, it still took us a few months to get a proposal that she was happy with, but when we did, within a week, she had arranged a, a very substantial book deal with Penguin, and uh, the Passion Test was published uh, in hardback by Penguin for the first time in 2007, became a New York Times bestseller. And we've been helping people to discover their passions and connect with their purpose for over a decade now. There's over 1,400 facilitators in 50 countries. It's been featured in O Magazine, Success Magazine, and radio, TV interviews all over the world. And, and at the Unity Center in Florida with Temple Hayes. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it. I, 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 I love um, the area of the the life sharing when, you know, the literary agent not only knew you, but was saying, "Oh no, can't really feel this." And as right. an intentional spirit, I think that's you know such a great message to highlight, uh, Chris. I'm I'm now with the publishers with my new book that right. um, they were I think the 133rd publishing house that accepted Chicken Soup for the Soul. Ah, so, um, yeah. yeah, they were they were they were with Chicken Soup carried Chicken Soup. For the soul for 15 years. They had a 15-year contract with them. But so, you know, it just goes to show all of you that are listening out there, you know, live by, you know, what Chris is saying because they didn't get yeses immediately. And no. even people that they relied upon very strongly and and really, you know, carried a lot of weight in their lives, they still thought, huh, there's something in here for us to do. And thank heavens that, you know, you didn't go, okay, well, let's seal the deal on that, but you kept moving forward with the desire in your heart. That's that's a wonderful story. Thank you. Well, and and this is the thing about passion. You know, when you're really connected to to a true passion, it, it kind of lives you. <laughs> you know, it, it it it's an undeniable force that pushes you forward, and um, and that's why I'm excited about talking about our new book, Your Hidden Riches, because. After people would take the passion test for all these years, what they'd invariably ask is, well, now that I know my top passions, how do I make them real? How do I meet my responsibilities, make an income, follow my passions all at the same time? And while there are many answers to that question, Your Hidden Riches is really our unique answer to that question based on a lifetime of realizing that 
The rituals in our lives are what have allowed us to carry through, through all the ups and downs and ins and outs. And I know you are so aware of this temple because I know what an important role ritual plays in your life. But in, for us, it, it, it really was that experience that led us to read this, to write this book. And then as we wrote it and we interviewed successful people in every field, what we discovered is that rituals really are the secret of success and, and really the secret, the success secret that most successful people don't talk about, but all of them practice. And I found that pretty interesting. That's very powerful, and I've been exploring the website, yourhiddenriches.com, and I would urge our listeners to go on there. There's such a depth and rich material. There are some online videos that Chris has led with, you know, great and phenomenal dynamic people, and you'll just find just a wealth of information there on your hidden riches. Dot com. So, Chris, you just started getting feedback from people, kind of like, what do we do from here? Where do we go? And and then you just uh, realized there was such a need then to offer various rituals for people that if they do them consistently. Did you interview different people for the book? Uh, give our readers yeah. kind of some insight of uh, some of the nuggets they're going to find in the book. And then... We'll have an opportunity for you to share some of those. Sure. Well, we interviewed a ton of people for this book, and uh, our co-author, Dr. Silva Dvorak, uh, was really helpful. Uh, she did a lot of the research for the book as well. But uh, what, one of the things that we discovered is that anything that's significant or important in any culture around the world has been enshrined in ritual. Rituals, in fact, make things real. And if there's something that you want in your life, then design rituals around it if you want it to become real. Just to give you a couple of examples, Temple, we we have this concept, but it's a very abstract concept of marriage, a commitment two people make to each other. So how do we make that real? We make it real through a wedding. And, And that wedding ritual is something that touches us deeply and creates a, 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 a community recognition of that commitment. When we, when we choose a new leader for our country, how do we make that real? We do it through an inauguration ceremony where there is full attention given through a, a, a very specific ritual to, to take this concept, this idea of a new leader, and make that real. When a, a young man or a young woman is finishing their studies and ready to go out into the world, how do we make that real? We do it through a graduation ceremony. It celebrates that achievement and also is a recognition of this new role that they have to play in society and in their own lives. And so uh, this is a, a way that I haven't thought about ritual before. To, we wrote the book, honestly. But as we wrote it and we recognize this, it's really so true that rituals are ways to create patterns in our life that support us. And I should mention here that when I'm talking about rituals in this context, uh, I'm not talking so much about religious rituals, although there are beautiful uh, rituals in every religious tradition around the world. We're also not talking about superstition, nor are we talking about habits. We all have good and bad habits that have developed unconsciously in our lives. But what we mean by ritual are conscious, intentional practices you choose to make habitual. That means you choose to do them again and again because they improve your life. And so those sorts of rituals can run the whole gamut. They, they can include religious rituals, they can, which are, are beautiful ways of connecting with those unseen aspects of life. But they can also be everyday rituals that don't take up any time. They don't, they're not another thing on your to-do list, but rather something that allows you to be more intentional as you are living your life. A simple thing is taking a minute or two before you get out of bed to set your intention for the day. Or most of us take a shower every day, right? And so what if you took those few minutes while you're taking a shower to think about all the things that you have to be grateful for in your life? 
there, there's a wonderful ritual that uh, that we discovered as we were writing the Your Hidden Riches, uh, Ben Franklin's ritual, that for most of his life, he would get up in the morning and he'd ask himself, what good will I do today? And then at the end of the day, he'd ask himself, what good will I, what good did I do today? Mm. Uh, what a simple ritual, but it seemed to work pretty well for him. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> We could definitely agree that, yes, it it, it did. Um, I also heard that, wasn't it him that he would take um, in the afternoon just a 15-minute rest? Uh Yeah, no, no, he did that regularly. And kind of a a semi-type meditation. I'm talking today with Chris Atwood, who is co-author of the number one New York best-selling book, The Passion Test, one that we are all familiar with and have all been impacted and benefited by. And now he has the new book, Your Hidden Riches. We will be right back after this short break. Unity Online Radio brings you inspiring programs on a variety of spiritual topics. Giving to the network is now easier than ever. Simply text Unity Radio to 72727 from your smartphone. You can make a one-time or recurring donation. Your gifts help us offer enriching spiritual programs that reach listeners around the world. Text Unity Radio to 72727. Thank you for your support. Jest, there is truth. Shakespeare made the line famous, and at Holy Rascals, we've taken it to heart. Join us at HolyRascals.com, a spiritual education resource and community of spiritual boundary crossers who are on a truth-seeking journey that doesn't shy away from humor and frank conversations. HolyRascals.com offers cutting-edge webinars, short online videos, and podcasts. Our featured teachers are inclusive, radical, and often funny people who embrace the common heart of all religions find us on facebook or check out our upcoming programs at www.holyrascals.com spirit of recovery is the place where spirituality and recovery meet where we support your spiritual growth Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D., interviews down-to-earth guests who share with you how they keep going and growing in recovery. Spirit of Recovery is the place to get practical tips and join in lively discussions on topics that matter to recovering people. This program welcomes everyone who wants to know more about recovery. Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central Time on Spirit of Recovery, where we talk about what keeps you growing. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for listening to The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being with Reverend Temple Hayes. If you have a question or comment about today's discussion, you can email us at the intentional spirit at unityonlineradio.org. Now, here is your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. And welcome back, everyone, and thank you so much for being part of our show today. And I know you're moved by what we're talking about with your hidden riches, uh, the amazing rituals that will catapult you to the next place in your life offered by, which this book also is now a New York bestseller. Um, as a co-author, Chris Atwood, who's on our show today. And Chris, um, we have kind of laid the groundwork work for everyone and tell us or give us some examples of some people that we all have in common just because they're well known um give us some examples and some insight from this wonderful book that you have i'd love to i like to begin with one that's fun and i i'm sure that 
probably everyone who's listening has heard of Simon Cowell, the uh, star of American Idol and Britain's Got Talent and multi-millionaire producer. But I'm willing to bet, Temple, you would never guess what his daily ritual is. Every day he climbs a tree. And what I love about I know, and he actually calls it a daily that. ritual. Yeah, yeah, I, I love do too. that. I wouldn't have thought of that with him. No, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, you know, it gives, it gives you some insight to the guy beyond just uh, his role in these, in these reality TV shows. Because if you look at why would some class, someone climb a tree, one of the things that I love about this example is that it underlines one of the most important things that we had to say in Your Hidden Riches about ritual. And that is that rituals are effective, powerful, and valuable to the extent that they have meaning for you. It doesn't matter if they make sense to anyone else. It doesn't matter if they seem silly or crazy or ridiculous to anyone else. What matters is that they're meaningful and valuable to you. And so when I think about this example with Simon Cowell, though, I, I kind of broke it down. And you, you think, well, undoubtedly he wants to get some exercise, but there's lots of ways to get exercise besides climbing a tree. And... I'm sure that he likes getting out and getting some fresh air, but again, there's lots of ways to get fresh air beyond climbing a tree, right? And so why does he choose to climb a tree? Now, if you think about a man like this, he has a ton of things going on, probably lots of people wanting a piece of him all the time. He's got a lot of projects, a lot of things that are underway, and I'm guessing that there aren't a lot of times where he gets to just feel like a kid, mm. where he can be free and have fun and just let go. And climbing a tree is a great way for him to get exercise, to get fresh air, but also to feel that playfulness, that fun of life, and to to be able to be free of telephones and texts and, and computers and, and all of those things. And, and just be light and easy. And it's one of the things that all of us need. You know, what we've discovered as we've studied this temple is that people use rituals for many different purposes. Celebrities like Simon Cowell use rituals to pr- create a balance between their personal life and their public life. Athletes use rituals to perform at their best and to be able to stay calm even under intense pressure. Uh, musicians and artists use rituals to spark their creativity, and and uh, corporate leaders use rituals to create cohesive teams and strong corporate cultures. So rituals have many, many different purposes. The, but again, you know, the the key element here is to be able to create rituals in your life that have meaning for you, and. Uh, I'd like to give you an example of one of the ways that I do this because I don't know if you know Temple, but I I have a six year old, a three year old, and a nine month old. And <laughs> it yeah. seems I did hear that along the way. I didn't realize yeah. that you have a newborn. Yeah, wow. we have a, a new baby. It's just uh, coming up on a year old in in March, but. Um, our six-year-old just started school this fall. And, and one of the things that I'll tell you, for anyone who's a parent that's listening, that rituals are one of the most important things that parents can do to create structure, safety, security, and reliability for their children. Rituals provide a, a, a safe space for children and, and give them a sense of security. And, in fact, research has found that families that maintain daily rituals for five years or longer, the kids, as they get older, will score higher on standardized tests. They're less likely to suffer from mental and emotional problems and less likely to, to be drug or alcohol addicted when they get older as well. And so one of the things that we do in our family is uh, my, when my wife or I take our six-year-old to school, of course, we have our rituals on the way to school. We walk to school because it's about a 10-minute walk away. And the first five minutes, she has her word of wisdom. This is her open-eyes meditation that she does uh, as we're walking. And then, and then we'll play the gratitude game or the appreciation game on the way to the rest of the way to school. And when we get to school, 
then we'll ask her, honey, what are you going to create today? And we'll ask her to create, to, to set three intentions for her day. And she does this every day. And, and then in the evening, as part of our bedtime rituals, we'll ask her, what did you create today? And we'll go through her intentions. And then for every intention that came true, she gets five kisses. She loves that. We love that. Great ritual. Highly recommended, I have to say. And, you know, what's so interesting about this is that oftentimes i found that sometimes, or, or I, at least sometimes, the results that she gets are things that are a little mind-blowing for me. For example, Temple, uh, when I was in the U.S. as part of our, our, the launch of our book, my wife told me this story that she had taken... Sophie, our daughter, to school, and and it was a rainy day. It was, uh, you know, it was raining and raining, and the weather forecast said it was going to continue raining all day long. But Sophie got to school, and she said, well, I want to have the sun come out, and I want to see a rainbow today. And then she ran off to school. My wife, meanwhile, is thinking to herself, well, honey, that's a really nice intention, but it's not likely to happen. You know, I mean, the weather forecast is is for rain all day. This is what adults do, by the way. <laughs> we we sort of think, well, that's not possible, you know. But kids don't ever have that, that sort of thought. Sophie just had the thought, had the intention, ran off to school. Well, about a half hour after my wife got home, the clouds parted, the sun came out. It was a beautiful day. She went and picked up Sophie at school, and she said, Sophie, look what you created. Now, Sophie had completely forgotten her intention by this time. But when she was reminded of it, her face lit up, you know, and and then she went home and that afternoon she was playing with her friend and lo and behold, a beautiful rainbow came across the sky. My, uh, my wife was so blown away by this experience, she took a picture of the rainbow and sent it to me. <laughs> but, you know, what I love about this example is that it's just a statement of what we can create if we're able to let go of our doubts and and our concepts about what's possible and what's not possible. And for Sophie, you know, by inviting her to consciously choose what she wants to create in her life, we're giving her the opportunity to see when those things do come true that she can create her life. And if there are times when she sets an intention and doesn't show up, the way we handle it is we say, well, what happened that was even better? You know, we ask her, invite her to look for the gift from from the way things did show up. So this is a, a kind of a simple way that parents can include rituals in, in their daily life. But I have to say, for, for families, I think rituals are even more important. As important as they are for everyone else, they're super important for families. Well, it's just so beautiful that you're modeling that. You know, you're you're living it, you're being it. And you're also um, sharing it with with your children and honoring and respecting them and teaching them the rituals as well. Um, it's just it's such a powerful story. I'm I'm so glad that that you shared that. I'm I'm like you. I I can't imagine my life without rituals. I don't remember when I haven't had them in in some way or another. Uh, definitely. Um, at the beginning between a non-sleep and a being quite awake, somewhere in the middle of that. I I love just uh, being appreciative of my life and the gift of life and honoring um, many sacred um, connections, uh, my connection with spirit, for example. And at the end of the day, then another sense of, celebration and well-being and and all that um in sacred shamanism i have adapted and learned so many you know rituals that um have truly increased the energy in my being and the energy in my body and connected me in a greater way with um a youthfulness that I never had before even when i was in my youth <laughs> so it yeah. it they work, and obviously they do. You believe in them. You've written a very successful book about them. But for an everyday listener that hasn't been practicing, 
you know, what we can clearly say is if you find the one, two, or three, and this would be a great book for you to use uh, to get some creative ideas, you know, um, Your Hidden Riches, or go to yourhiddenriches.com. But I I want to, out of respect for the book, I also want to say the entire title, Your Hidden Riches, Unleashing the Power of Ritual to Create a life of meaning and purpose. Your hidden riches unleashing the power of ritual to create a life of meaning and purpose. And good for you that you're establishing that wonderful consciousness uh, with your daughter at such an early age, something she will use the rest of her life, I'm sure. Well, I think this is one of the... the the values of ritual for parents, uh, but it's the value of ritual for everyone, is that rituals are a way for us to manage our time, our energy, and our thinking. And what we're doing with our daughter is just helping her to begin to develop the habit of consciously choosing what she wants to create in her daily life. Uh, You know, I know you know this, Temple, but uh, the most people don't realize that they're constantly creating their life. But most people do it unconsciously, right? They, 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 the, through the thoughts that they have, through where they put their attention, they create the life that they're experiencing. And if those thoughts are worries and anxiety and thinking about all the things that aren't right in the world or in their own lives then they're not creating a very happy life. And so by incorporating rituals like these with our children, I'm hopeful that we can begin to help them put their attention on the good things in their life, what they have to be grateful for, what they appreciate about the people around them, and, in fact, to to be part of this process of creation, which is this wonderful thing we call life. You know, in the in your hidden riches, one of the, th- the primary themes and and really a fundamental premise of the book temple is that every one of us is born with a unique design for our life. And in fact, when we take birth, our job is to figure out what that life design is and then get aligned with it. The challenge is is that as we grow up, it's like we're handled all handed all these puzzle pieces. But someone forgot to give us the box top that shows us what the finished picture looks like, right? Mm-hmm. And so we have all these puzzle pieces, but we don't really know how they all go together. And as a result of that, if we think about the metaphor of a life of life being like a river, that most people live their lives sort of banging up against the, the rocks and the boulders on the banks of the river, getting caught in the branches and the brambles. But, uh, the, for many people, unfortunately, it feels like life is a struggle. It's difficult. It's hard. And, and really, that's just life's way of telling us that, hey, you're out of alignment with the design for your life. Something needs adjustment. Rituals are a wonderful way to take the boat of your life and move it into the center of that river. So now you're in the flow of life. And it's not that challenges don't arise. They still come up. But those challenges are no longer overwhelming. They're not things that, that throw you off and that, that are devastating. Rather, they're what makes life exciting. And in fact, you can't wait to see what's coming around the next bend. Because life is a rich and rewarding experience, which is what it was meant to be for all of us. Uh, unfortunately, we've kind of gotten off track of that in our society because we've given attention and value to things that don't allow us to get to connect with that design for our life. I love your. I love the energy that that you have behind it. it it's no surprise at all that it, it's already uh, a bestseller, and uh, and I, I just see it touching and transforming millions of of lives um, with the love and everything and heart uh, that you have put into this. Everyone, you're listening to the uh, wisdom of Chris Atwood. He is the co-author of the New York best-selling book, The Passion Test. Now best-selling New York Times best-selling book, Your Hidden Riches. You can go to yourhiddenriches.com. You can find out more about the book. 
obviously you can order the book, which is more important because you can seek the different rituals and, and create some more of your own, or maybe it's time uh, to establish some new ones. I'm Temple Hayes, spiritual leader at Unity Campus in the heart of St. Petersburg. If you like these type of messages that you're hearing online, first and foremost, please share them with your social media connections. And you can also visit us at unitycampus.org. And more importantly, thank you because of you. Uh, Unity FM reaches people, Unity Online Radio, throughout the world and is offering these tools and skills in which people can live a life of magic and miracles, just what we're destined and designed to be. We'll be right back after this short break. Chris Michaels, host of Healing Your Life on Unity Online Radio, is an author, life coach, national speaker, and the founder and spiritual director of the Center for Spiritual Living in Kansas City, Missouri. Through his writing, coaching, and speaking, Chris has helped thousands of people understand the basic spiritual principles that govern our lives. In his book, Your Soul's Assignment, he reminds us that we each have something to do here on Earth, a unique purpose to our lives. If you're interested in discerning what is yours to do, are looking for practical spiritual principles to inspire your life, or coaching to provide you with the tools to live more fully, visit Chris's website at www.chrismichaels.net. That's www.chrismichaels.net. Does music open your heart and bring you peace and joy? Experience the sacredness of sound with Ramdesh Kaur as we travel the world of mantra, kundalini yoga, and devotional music. Join us for a journey into spirit, Thursdays at 4 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Eastern, on Spirit Voyage Radio with Ramdesh. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Return to The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being, with your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. Welcome back, everyone, and probably like yourself, I'm like looking forward to what's he going to tell us now. <laughs> Chris, I'm just so delighted to have you on, on the show today. As as you know, I've been such a follower of you and, and Janet's work, and, and Janet is just like being in the presence of a fire queen, um, yeah. just phenomenal human being and I'm so grateful to her that she is my number one endorsement on on my new book When Did You Die but um yeah, yeah. congratulations on that book also oh, what a great oh, achievement you know oh thank you thank you so much and it's just um it is a wonderful experience to be out in the world talking about the message that you know you were born to write, and that's exactly what what you and Janet are doing, and um, and and it shows, and it helps other people because you are living what you are birthed in your own sacred creation story. You're giving other people permission to 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 rebirth their own uh, designed life. It's it's a beautiful thing. Well, um. Where would you like to to lead us at this point? Um, there's so much about the book that that's phenomenal. So just well, give us some insight. Sure. Well, you know what I'd like to point out is that rituals are not superstition. They can be superstition, but uh, but they they can be used very effectively for practical things in daily life and. Uh, one example I'll give of that is that there is a World Cup soccer player by the name of Leighton Barnes. He plays for Britain's team. And if you ever watch him play, you'll see that when he goes out on the playing field, he kneels down, unties his shoes, and then he ties them again. 
And you think, well, why the heck does he do that? You know, is that some sort of superstition that he, th- you know, he he untied and tied his shoes once, and and he had a really great game, so he thought that that'll make a difference. And he actually doesn't know when he started doing it, but if you ask him, he'll say, well, it just gets my head straight. And what that means to me is that what what he's doing is that he's using that simple ritual to separate his ordinary daily life from his life on the playing field where he needs to perform at his best and to be able to maintain his focus even under the intense pressure of thousands of people screaming in the fa- in the stands and millions of people watching on television. And so that simple ritual is a way for him to get into a mental and emotional state where he's ready to perform at his very best. And, you know, it's interesting because when you talk to successful people, you'll find that this kind of thing is not unusual. I know you know Jack Canfield Temple. Jack is the co-creator of the Chicken Soup for the Soul series and, and author of the Success Principles, among others. And I, as part of our uh, our series called Rituals of the Rich and Famous, I had the opportunity to chat with Jack for about half an hour about some of his personal rituals. And one that he shared was when he's getting ready to go on stage. And he has a whole sequence that he goes through of visualizing the whole room and things that he he does to to be able to to be prepared to speak to that group, including an expression of gratitude that that allows him to get in the mental and emotional state of service where he he knows he's there to support and help the people who are in that room. And he said he laughed when he heard the story of Leighton Barnes because he said that's the same thing that my ritual does because it's a way of separating my ordinary daily life from my life on stage and and being ready to perform in that context and and it's really a great secret for anyone who's ever had to speak in front of a group and had butterflies or been nervous about speaking that when you consciously choose to put your attention on your audience and how you can help and support them, you'll discover that that nervousness tends to to uh, to wash away. That what makes us nervous, what gives us those butterflies, is that we're worried about what people will think of us. Are we going to do okay? Are we going to make a mistake and embarrass ourselves? Uh, will they like us or not? And all this is thinking about us. But what Jack is doing with his ritual is that he's consciously taking his attention off of himself and putting it on the people he's there to speak to, that he's there to serve. And when we, when you do that, what you discover is that the, the you're able to full, uh, to show up fully, and and the the nervousness and the and the discomfort fades away because you're not thinking about yourself. And I I I love that example. It's a powerful way that you can use rituals. Oh, I, I love that. I um, It kind of triggered a, a, a great memory for me that um, when I first started playing softball, I was an All-American softball player, and when I first started at like 10, almost 11 years old, just intuitively and instinctively, I knew that if I would walk around the field, that it would become smaller energetically to me. And so I would walk around the field and walk around the field, and I would be holding a prayer, I would be holding the success of it. I would just be kind of in that experience. But I would do it several times, walk around, walk around, walk around. And, you know, in my uh, 23 years as being a uh, speaker teacher, everywhere I go, I walk the field. I, And though it's not a field, you know, now it's an arena, it's a classroom, it's a um, stadium. But I, I walk it, I walk it, I walk it, and it, I've always found that it becomes smaller and smaller and smaller, all on an energy level. But I, when people will say, you know, I, I know that as speakers, people will say, I felt like you were talking to me, but I really feel energetically like I really can connect to the person in the back of the room, even though this place might seat, you know, two or 3,000 people. It's just right. been a great ritual for me. So, That's um, fabulous. Oh, well, uh, thank you. But it, yeah. it does. These things um, take us to a whole new level, um, more than we ever imagined that, that life could. 
because Absolutely. we use them and because they they work and i i love the the point that you're making and and that's what i know to be true too and um in sacred shamanism is that rituals that you intuit out of yourself or that you're guided to use that they come from inside you wow they are the ones that really integrate well within your own being because yeah. they they came from within well, and they have personal meaning for you. You know, that coming back to that point we were talking about earlier, that, that rituals have value when they're meaningful to you. You know, in Your Hidden Riches, we talk about everyday rituals, which are the kind of things we've been talking about uh, up until now. And we also talk about ceremonial rituals. Ceremonial rituals have a completely different purpose. Uh, you know, the, probably the most common one that everyone has experienced is a wedding. You know, weddings are a very involved ceremonial ritual. But you'll discover that as we looked at, at ceremonial rituals in, in cultures all around the globe, we found that there were seven basic aspects of every ceremonial ritual. And if it's all right, Temple, I'd love to go through those briefly and give people some insight into what makes a, a ritual like that, a ceremonial ritual, powerful. Would that be all right? Please do, yes. Uh, so the first aspect is intention. And, of course, we've been talking a lot about being intentional. This whole show is about being intentional. And intention is is clearly stating what you choose to create is the way we define it. And so this is the first aspect of a ritual. And then the second is preparation and purification. Preparation may be bringing together the elements that will, that you're going to use in the ceremonial ritual, but purification also is very powerful for preparing the way for the effectiveness of the ritual. And in, uh, in our book, in Your Hidden Riches, in the chapter on relationships, and there are chapters on using rituals for health, for relationships, for, for wealth, for, uh, for community and family, all sorts of things. But in the chapter on relationships, uh, we tell several stories of, of women who have used rituals very effectively to attract their ideal mate into their life. And, and one key element of that was removing the baggage, if you will, you know, taking, purifying the, the past experiences. And one way that one can do that in the context of a relationship is one woman wrote down all the things that she resented, that she was bitter about or that, she, that frustrated her, made her angry in, in each of the past relationships that she had had. And then when and only when she was able to do it truthfully, she would write at the bottom, I love you and I forgive you. And then, you know, this is a great ritual. To I, you can either burn those letters or tear them up, but release them, let them go. And it's it's a a, a symbolic way of releasing these feelings, these the, these past experiences that probably are not so useful for for your future relationship. So preparation and purification is the second aspect. The third is the use of symbols. And, you know, I know you're aware, Temple, that in, in the ancient texts it said that only 25% of life is seen, is available through our senses. 75% is unseen or beyond the reach of the senses. And so symbols are a way that we can take things that are abstract, that are outside the reach of the senses, and make them more concrete. And symbols can be a variety of things. As we know, in religious contexts, there are symbols like the cross or the Star of David in Islam or in other traditions, many different kinds of symbols. But you can use symbols that are meaningful to you, pictures of your family or of a teacher or mentor who had a great impact on you, uh, something that has been given to you that, that has personal relevance and meaning for you. But symbols are a way of connecting us with things that are deeper, uh, that, that are, are more uh, connected to the core, the spiritual core of our being. So we have intention, preparation, and purification, the use of symbols. The fourth aspect is activating all the senses. And we see this in the wedding, you know, with the special gown and, and clothes that are worn for the wedding, the candles and the flowers and the music. All of those things help to activate all the different senses and, and bring us fully into the experience of the ritual. The, the fifth aspect then is 
prescribed performance. And for most ceremonial rituals, there's a specific order and and way in which that ritual is performed. And so you do it that way again and again. And, and that aspect, along with the sixth one, which is repetition, these two things together allow the ritual performance to happen almost automatically, which in turn allows, allows the mind to go to a deeper place. It allows the mind to transcend, to, to connect with that, that core of our being. And, and that's why when you go to a, a wedding, for example, I'm sure, Temple, you've been at weddings, I'm sure you presided over weddings, where where people would cry, right? Absolutely. Yeah, but they're not crying because they're unhappy. <laughs> In general, they're crying because the whole experience of that ritual has touched something deep inside of them, something that's deeply meaningful. And when we connect with that place that it's so touching and so so meaningful for us that it can give rise to this deep feeling of emotion. So so we have intention, preparation and purification, the use of symbols, activating all the senses, prescribed performance, repetition, and then the last one is invoking the unseen. And, of course, in a religious context, that's obvious, but even if someone's not religious, uh, that invoking the unseen can be as simple as saying, I'm open to receive support from wherever it may come. And, and that openness in itself is an intention, a willingness to accept support, a recognition that I can't do it all, I don't know it all, you know, that, that I need and welcome support. And, and so these seven aspects we found uh, can be really useful in designing even simple while they they can be very complex ceremonial rituals you know the in our book we talk about some of the native american ceremonies where uh, as a young girl is coming of age coming of age ceremony that that the whole family prepares for a year in advance of that ceremony and then the ceremony itself goes on for several days but so ceremonial rituals can be very involved like that, but they don't have to be. Uh, I've created a, a very simple little ceremonial ritual that I do before I begin work every day, where I light a candle and some incense, and then I have some statues that are meaningful to me, and I set my intention for the day, and and um, and wash the statues. Just go through a little process that that puts me in a state where I am ready to experience this wonderful day that's ahead of me. So, well, it, it's very evident, Chris, that your rituals are working for you in, in the most powerful way. It's hard to believe that that our time is complete. I could listen to your ideas for hours. <laughs> it's oh, been a pleasure you. to have you on our show. Everyone, please take the time and go to thehiddenriches.com and discover more about uh, Chris Atwood and his partner, uh, Janet Atwood. Janet Bray Atwood, to be uh, accurate, and just discover their greatness. And, And Chris, thank you so much, and the best to you. It's been a pleasure to have you on our show today, and thank you for being an intentional spirit. Thank you so much, Temple. And Temple, if I can just mention that uh, if people go to the passion to thehiddenriches.com forward slash book, then if they purchase a copy of the book, there is some wonderful gifts that we've made available for them there. You bet. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you so Chris. much. Thank All you. Right. Bye-bye, Temple. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in to The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being with Reverend Temple Hayes. Join us every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central for tools and simple applications which will support you from being alive to fully living. This program is brought to you in part by First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida. To learn more about this ministry, go to www.unitycampus.org or www.templehaze.org.
just like life, grief is a journey, not a destination. Whether it is loss of life, relationship, security, or simply the process of change, have you given yourself permission to begin your journey of grief? Have you yielded to the gift of grace? Join Reverend Chaz Wesley every Thursday at 5 p.m. Central on a virtual navigation from grief to grace and explore new horizons of empowerment, significance, and support only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Hey, it's Radley Valentine. Join me for a brand new way of connecting with your angels on my new podcast, The Angel Tarot Show. Each week, you'll meet your angelic guides and guardians and find new ways to unlock unconditional love, tune into your intuitive abilities, and create the joy-filled life that, well, you've always wanted. Plus, you'll get a useful and timely energetic weather report, bringing you guidance for the coming week. Tap into the healing, hope, and guidance that's all around you on the Angel Tarot Show, exclusively on mindbodyspirit.fm.